Welcome to Masterpiece Women. This is Tina Raines, and I'm the founder of Masterpiece Women, and I am so excited to have you here today. We are a community of authentic women from all over the world, growing together personally, professionally, building businesses and ministries together. Grab a cup of coffee or your favorite tea and sit back and grow with us. Thanks for being here, ladies. Hello, beautiful Masterpiece women. Welcome back to our study in Exodus. It has been such an incredible study and it's been so wonderful being with each of you uh, on this journey to go through Exodus and to see all that God was doing in that time. And we're on Exodus 19 and 20 this this session, this um, podcast. And so I want you to grab your Bibles, grab a cup of coffee, and let's sit down and study his word together in community. That's what Masterpiece Women is all about, is being in community, growing together, growing personally, growing professionally, and building our businesses and ministries and um, our leadership skills, because all women are leaders. And if you don't believe you're a leader, I promise you, you are. Change that paradigm of thinking. Tell yourself, I am a leader and I am a great leader because I have God inside of me and he is the leader. Sometimes we just have to remind ourselves of those things because we truly are all leaders. It's not just the entrepreneurs and the business people, people working. In, I know some most incredible business women and incredible moms that are um, domestic engineers, as I call them, that are, I would say that they're equally as great of leaders, if not the domestic engineer sometimes are even greater because they're molding and shaping the next generation. And I love, love, love that. So oftentimes I have moms that are like, well, what do I know? I just stay home with my kids or other people that discount. I tried staying home with my kids for a few months um, way back in the day before I started my business. And it was not my calling, and I so wish it had been. I so wish I could have done that because it was such a gift to so many women once they went through that season, and it wasn't easy, but looking back, all the fruit that they were able to see from it. So ladies, don't discount yourself no matter what position you're in, whether you're working in the workforce or you are an entrepreneur, you're in a CEO or you're stay-at-home mom. You are a leader and be the greatest leader you can be. And that means that requires us to grow personally and professionally every single day. We should always be growing and always serving others. And so if you haven't registered for our membership program or for our retreat, you definitely want to do that because we're going to have an incredible time at our retreat with incredible speakers, very valuable, tangible tools to take into the next season of our lives and a lot of downtime to just relax, regroup, rejuvenate and be with God. So I encourage you to join us if you haven't already registered. So, all right, well, let's kick off Exodus 19 and 20. In Exodus 19, the Jews have arrived now at Mount Sinai. And remember in Exodus three, about verse 12, God had promised that. So now we're seeing these promises fulfilled, aren't we? Oftentimes, when God tells us to do something and he promises something to us, 
we don't see immediate fruit and it's hard because we don't see it tangible and the jews saw the jews were able to actually arrive at freedom at mount sinai and you think about how many times so many times it was like eight times wasn't it that pharaoh said no 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 i'm not going to release them and moses kept going back god kept do, hardening his heart moses kept going back god would harden his heart moses would go back and it was this constant constant thing so now we see the promise fulfilled and we see the people going to wilderness where they're worshiping the lord and we're seeing at mount sinai we where they're going to actually meet with god how sweet of a time is this where now they get to meet with the lord now the jews are at mount sinai they're meeting with god he's speaking to his people isn't he what did he say in in um, chapter 19 let's read a little bit about it so in chapter 19 let's see here on the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, this is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have been what I have seen, what I did in Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings. Doesn't he always just carry us on eagles' wings? I love that. And I brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together. We will do everything the Lord has said. So Moses brought their answer back to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you in a dense cloud so that the people will hear me speaking with you and will always put their trust in you. Then Moses told the Lord what the people had said. And the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day because on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all people. Put limits for the people around the mountain to tell them, be careful that you do not approach the mountain or touch the foot of it. Whoever touches the mountain is to be put to death. Wow. So he's, he comes, he says, look, tell them this, tell them that, do this. And the Lord starts speaking to the people. He was calling them to live a life of what? He wanted them now to worship him, to grow up, to trust him. And he made it very clear the way they were to do that. So he, he was calling them to live and he's calling us to live lives of maturity. Because as we mature, we see more and more and more and more the opportunity, the responsibility 
to live in freedom. The reality is, is that freedom is a responsibility. So when we're free, we're not free just for ourselves. We're free to share that with others. We're free so that we can be mature Christians and see our freedom and share it with others so they too can be free. He didn't just free us for the sake of ourselves. He wants us to grow up, mature in him, grow in him, learn what he says, what his word says, use this as our leadership tool so that we can go and be who he's called us to be. Fulfill the plans that he's made for us so long ago, like in Ephesians 2.10. He also wants us to know who we are in him, which is the part of knowing we are a masterpiece. He wants us renewed in Christ so that we do go do the plans that he planned for us so long ago. And there's so much freedom in that, that we know he planned it. He created it. We don't have to strive for anything. We just have to hear his voice, obey him, obey his commandments and go do it. And when you love the Lord passionately and you're seeking to follow him, the commandments and the rules, as you would say, don't feel like rules because you want to emulate him and you want to please him. And that's really what the Lord was looking for. He was looking for them to mature in him. He was looking for them to trust him completely and to trust their leader, Moses, because to this point, they were very up and down. They were trusting in him one moment and the next moment, if something wasn't going their way, they didn't believe in him at all. And even after all the miracles the Lord did, even after all the plagues, they were still doubting, like doubting Thomas. And so he was now saying, okay, I've brought you through this. You are here. Now it's time to worship me and it's time to follow my commandments and grow up a little bit, grow in me, grow closer to me. He also told them what? He gave them dignity. He told them that they were the chosen people, didn't he? He said, if you will follow my commandments, I will bless you. He's very clear. You are my chosen ones. God also wanted them to live a life of sanctification. God instructed them to change their clothes. Do not go on the mountain. And he spoke to them directly but he gave him how and what that looked like. He wanted them to be sanctified first. He also gave them responsibility, didn't he? He said, you need to live lives of responsibility. He called them to be responsible. He called them to um, be take responsibility for their actions. And he said, okay, and here's your guidelines, how I want you to do it. And as Christians, he calls us on a daily basis to take accountability and responsibility for our actions. He also gives us great grace. Look at how he gave so much grace already to them. And he does the same for us. He gives us grace. So there is no condemnation in the Lord, none. However, he does want us to fear him. He does want us to love him completely and surrender to him. So when you look in Exodus 9, like verses 3 to 13, one of the things I think is very cool, and I've mentioned it many, many times in the Don Maxwell, this poor thing is so beat up, but my Maxwell Leadership Bible, he talks about how um, it's a perfect example 
in Exodus 19 of the law of connection and how the law of connection actually played out. If you really notice, how did God speak to his people? Think about what, what did we just, how did he speak? When you go to um, Exodus 20, he speaks directly to him, doesn't he? And so when you look at the way he spoke to them first, what did he say to them first? I love you. The love he had for them is what he said to them first. That's the first thing he shared. It wasn't the, here's your rules and go do the rules. He started first with love. We can't beat people up with rules and with, you know, all these different things that they have to do and accomplish without sharing love. As leaders, we ha they have, to, what is the saying? I know I say it all the time. People don't care about how much you know till they know how much you care. A great leader and the law of connection starts with showing love. Then he shared the victories. He reminded them of the victories that he had done for them, what he had actually accomplished for him. He reminded them of that, it reminded him. Also, it reminded them, I believe, of his, of his greatness. And he wasn't bragging on himself, but he was like, look, I did this for you. Because first he said, I love you. I love you. And I did this for you. Then he told them, this is the future that I have planned for you, didn't he? And he spoke of blessing them. He spoke also that he, not just blessing them, I will bless you if you follow my commandments. If you obey me, then I will bless you. He set up boundaries. He warned them that there are boundaries and he taught them to survive. When we're bringing up leaders, we want to teach those leaders how to, when we're bringing them up, how to survive. We want to teach them how to thrive. A good leader teaches those that they're bringing up to survive and to thrive and to keep the rules. Here's the rules. However, know your value and that you are valued. And let me help you get where you want to go. That's what a great leader does. Because remember, leaders touch a heart before they ask for a hand. So if you're asking your team to help you do things and to help you reach goals before you are touching their hearts, before you're learning who they are and what their needs are, or in showing them love and compassion, I'm going to encourage you, step back. Go backwards, get to know them. If you're in a multi-level marketing business or any kind of direct sales business, I'm going to encourage you, don't blast your stuff out. Nobody wants to be sold to. What they want is to build relationships, build relationships, be authentic, care about people, care about what's going on in their lives. What's going to make a difference in their lives? The reality is most products that you might be selling can impact somebody's life for good. But first, you got to know what they need. If you're trying to sell them some product that has no relevance to them and they just feel like you're doing a pitch to them they're not going to think you care about them but if you go in and get to know the person better you find out what it is that they need and then look at what you have do you have anything that matches their need and if not that's okay same thing goes with fundraising nobody wants to be sold your ministry your not-for-profit any of those things sold those 
products or ask for donations when you don't even know what they're passionate about. I remember I had a very affluent friend that could have written me a check for millions of dollars when I was leading the ministry. And my leader kept saying, you need to connect with them. You need to connect with them. And they weren't really happy that I wasn't. And I said, that's not their passion. I know what they're passionate about and what they're giving towards because that's what their family has come to choose. I'm not going to ask them for a donation for my ministry when it doesn't match their passions. It doesn't match what God's called them to do. No matter how much money they have. Did I share what I was doing? Did I share the excitement and keep them updated? Absolutely. And they supported me personally as a missionary because they loved me. So they were my personal supporters, but they did not give to the ministry because that was not their passion. And so I think it's really important that we step back and we pay attention to that before we try to sell people, learn what they want, learn what they need. Sales 101. If you're not good at sales, I'm going to encourage you, go ask questions and zip your lips. Enjoy getting to know somebody and what is it they're looking for. I would go into hospitals and I would just ask the, the nursing directors, what is it you're struggling with? What kind of nurses do you need? What's important to you? What does each one of your units need? What are the personalities of the units? What are the strengths? What are the weaknesses? And I would learn every single detail I could learn about their hospital. And at the time, I would even go work on their unit, even when it wasn't my specialty as an RN, so that I could learn and understand that new unit. And then I could share with my nurses, let me just tell you a little bit more about it. Then my nurses felt so well equipped because they could go in and work and knew what they were getting into. So I'm going to encourage you, learn. I love that show. What is it? The, um, the Undercover Bosses. I love that show because they go undercover and figure out what their employees need. And they talk to them like, what are we doing well? What are we doing wrong? You know, and of course they don't know it's their boss, but how valuable to just step back, get real and raw information. And so if you're a boss out there, you're a leader of a company out there, make sure you're giving your employees some kind of opportunity, even if it has to be for maybe they're you know, too scared to share the information with you directly. So maybe it's a survey that is um, anonymous where they don't have to share who's sending it in, but give them the opportunity to voice their opinion, their opportunity to voice how they feel like you can improve because you're going to learn so much great information from that and your staff's going to feel valued. But the best thing you can do is a one-on-one -on -one conversation, bring them in your office, Take 15, 20 minutes just to hear them. Ask them some key questions. Find out who they are. Find out a little bit about their families and pay attention. What's going on in their families? What are their struggles? What are their, their strengths, their weaknesses, their challenges? And when you, when you really care about your people, they sense it and then they begin to care even more about you and the organization as well because they just want to be heard most of the time. So that's my two cents. So let's look at chapter, let's see, chapter 20. 
chapter 20 is all about the Ten Commandments. So God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Commandment number one. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or the earth beneath or the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Let's stop there. That's commandment number two. Wow. So if you hate me, God says, I'm going to punish generations. If you love me, I'm going to bless for 33 fold generations. He said for three, for those that hated him, but a hundred for those who loved him and kept his commandments. I think about that. If I keep his commandments and I love him, He's going to bless my family for generations and generations and generations to come. I want blessings for my family and I want to be close to the Lord and live in that peace and security that I get from him anyway. So why not keep his commandments too? And when the more you love the Lord, the more you want to keep his commandments, the more you want to please him, the more you want to live a life that emulates him. So I read that. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's just such a sweet, sweet gift that he gives us. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord, your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. So don't use his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor, do all your work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord, your God. I have to say, this is one that I don't think we do very well. And I can speak for myself. I oftentimes catch myself hopping on the computer, hopping on this, doing this or doing that. And it's not just a commandment, but it's a blessing to us. And if you look at these commandments, they're such a gift to us. So take a Sabbath, rest, relax, pray, spend time with God, go to church, worship him it's so refreshing and rejuvenates you rejuvenates you it recharges you and then you are ready for the week so yes it's a commandment but it's actually such a blessing to you so if you are not taking a day of sabbath i'm going to encourage you the word says you have to and you want to you really do now that i've been much more intentional to take time on the weekends than i ever have before it is such a dream come true. It's so peaceful and it just rejuvenates. It helps me think clearer. I dream bigger. I dream clearer. I think clearer and I can hear his voice so much clearer when I have that time um, with him on the weekends and I'm focused on him and I'm worshiping him and I'm just resting and resting in him. Just so, so important. And this next one, of course, for all of you parents, I don't know how many times I sent that one to my kids. Honor your father and your mother, <laughs> and it will go well with you. And I'm like, listen to this commandment. Listen to this commandment. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land and the Lord your God. In the land that the Lord, your God is giving you. 
You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountains and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. So now they're fearful. They don't want God to speak to them because they're scared of him. Let him talk to you, not to us. And what did Moses say? He's come to test you. What is God looking for? Oftentimes he tests us, but why? He tests us because he wants us to be obedient. And if you look at the commandments, the first four commandments deal with what? Our responsibility to God. We're responsible to him. He wants us to put him first. He's a jealous God. He doesn't want idols put in front of him. He doesn't want us saying his name in vain. He is a jealous God. And he is a sovereign Lord. He wants to be treated accordingly. Then if you look at the last six, what do they talk about? They talk about the responsibility to what? To our fellow man. Because if we love God with all our hearts, we will also love others well. We're going to emulate him. We're going to love him unconditionally. We're going to serve them. We're going to find opportunity to share him with them. We're going to disciple them. We are going to love people well. We're not going to steal from them. We're not going to lie to them. We're not going to commit adultery. And I'm just telling you, if you have committed adultery, I am not condemning you. There, again, is no condemnation in the Lord. You need to release it. You need to forgive yourself and you need to move on. But you need to repent and you need to let it go. We need to, whatever our sin is, there's no sin that's worse than the other. All It's all sin. God wants to be sovereign. He wants us to serve him. So we need to let go of all of that. And so we have commandments to follow. And if we follow them and we love other people and we love the Lord with all our hearts, then he's going to bless us tremendously. And the 10th commandment is all about the heart. God wants our heart. He wants to change our sinful hearts. And that's such a gift. And when we follow the commandments, yes, we are honoring the Lord, but each one of those does well for our soul. If we're a liar, we're not living in integrity. Not only are we not drawing people to the Lord, we're not going to have good relationships. If we're committing adultery, we're not going to have good relationships. If we're coveting our neighbors, we're not going to want to help them. We're going to be jealous of them. We're going to be sinful. We're not going to, we're going to have ugly hearts towards them because we want what they have. But if we love them instead, then it's a beautiful thing. And then we build relationship and we build. And I know that oftentimes in business and especially women can be so catty. Sorry, we all know this. I mean, women, we just can't be. I love the women at Masterpiece Women because there is no competition. I say it often. It's 
collaboration, collaboration, collaboration. We are always trying to help one another and we're always encouraging one another the best we can. And I love how the women in Masterpiece are very intentional to do so because that is who we should be. And when we have people walk in the room that are new, we want to make sure they feel so loved. They never want to go to another place because that's what God's called us to do. And that's really, if you think about the commandments, that's what it boils down to, love. If we're loving God with all our heart, we're not going to do those first ones. If we're loving others, we're not going to do the latter ones. If we surrender ourselves to the Lord, we're not going to do the last one. So I'm going to encourage you to seek the Lord and ask him, what do I need to let go? If there's something that is convicting you of those commandments, that there's something in your life that you need to let go, spend some time with God right now and just bask in his glory and turn on a little quiet, soft worship music and just spend some time with him. Read the word, seek him, ask him how you can surrender it and just let it go and let this be the day that you start fresh and clean because this is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice in it. So I'm rejoicing in your freedom and I'm rejoicing and you're um, letting go of anything that's encumbering your life. So I will pray for you. And Lord, I pray for each person hearing this and each person that will hear this in the future. God, just bring us to our knees to complete surrender, Father, that we would surrender to you, that we would trust in you, that we would not be like the Israelites back then where they just didn't trust you. We want to trust you completely. And we thank you, Lord, and we surrender our lives and um, pray that you'll give us the strength to follow your commandments and to love you with all our heart and love others with all our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, ladies, for being with me. And I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast. Have a wonderfully, wonderfully blessed rest of your day or night. <laughs>